Pastor Ray Bentley on placing our trust in God. There are times when God allows our lives to come to the place where you have nowhere else to go, where the family can't do anything, society can't do anything, and by God's gracious mercy, He's brought you to Himself because God is your last hope. That's, that's not a bad place to be. Actually, it is the place we ought to begin. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. God likes the ends of ropes. It's where He finds the most willing disciples. It's when we get to the end of our rope that we're finally able to place our full faith and trust in God to bring us through. Today, Pastor Ray brings us a good illustration drawn from a real-life story from our studies in Mark's Gospel. Now, Mark chapter 9, uh, we're going to cover some territory tonight, as you see, verses uh, 14 through 37. I remind you that uh, we believe that Mark, John Mark, was the first of the Gospels written, and that Matthew and Luke, in particular, borrowed a lot from Mark. So Mark is kind of the shortest of the Gospels. He probably learned most of uh, what he wrote down from Peter, which also is a kind of a unique uh, thought and perspective as Peter had a tremendous influence on young John Mark's life. John was his Jewish name, Mark was his Roman name, and so it was a Gospel that was to appeal to two directions, to the Jew as well as to the Gentile. And uh, tonight, we are going to be walking with the disciples uh, who have who've come back down the mountain. Uh, you remember that Jesus took uh, kind of this inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John, up to the top of a mountain. Uh, we believe it was probably Mount Hermon because it was at Caesarea Philippi in the foothills of Mount Hermon that Jesus asked their one question graduation uh, test. And, and after three years of teaching and discipleship, the, and he, he asked one question and he gave them the answer the whole way along. So it was a great preparation. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, of course, said, thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded. He was so pleased, I think. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven, thou art Peter, as we mentioned Petros, his name means a little, little stone. Thou art Petros, Peter. But on this rock changed his word to Petra. Petra means a giant stone. On this Petra, I will build my church. I don't believe that Jesus was saying, I'm going to build my, my church on you, Peter, a little stone. But it was upon Peter's confession, which had been divinely revealed. And, and that would be true not only for Peter, but for all of the disciples and, and all of the believers of all generations 
would say, you, Jesus, Yeshua, are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Salvation comes to you. And on that confession, on that rock, the Lord has built a church Amen. for the last 2,000 years. Yes. So Peter, James, and John, then after that test, Jesus goes up to the top of the mountain, says, hey, Peter, James, and John, come up with me. And we talked about how on the top of that mountain, as Jesus talked with his father, something supernatural happened. And Jesus talking with his father was glorified. His skin changed, his hair uh, was transformed. The word is transfigured and the glory, the burning eternal Shekinah glory of God that dwelt in him bodily began to be manifest and visible and seen uh, his face shining like the sun and, and glowing like burning lightning. And there were Moses and Elijah standing there talking to Jesus about him going, his exodus, his going to the cross. Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. And you remember we talked about them. Peter said, oh, Lord, this is good. Let's build three tabernacles and remain here. He was probably thinking the kingdom has come, finally. The glory inside of Jesus, now he's let it out thinking he'll, he'll walk down <laughs> glowing like the sun, man, everybody will follow him and believe and not realizing it was just a revelation for them for that moment. And then whew, the, the glory came back within the veil for the purpose in the first coming was for him to be the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, to be crucified, to bear our sins and to be rejected and betrayed and fulfill the prophecies of the suffering Messiah, the suffering servant of the Lord, spoken of so much by Isaiah, and then to rise from the dead on the third day. So as then uh, the glory comes, as it were, back in, Jesus, Peter, James, and John come down the mountain. We're going to pick up the story there. And as you see the title of tonight's message, A Child's Secret, this will be at the end of the verses, but I want you to be waiting for that, looking for that. There's something very exciting that if you can see it, hear it, and, and grasp it is a tremendous gift given to us tonight. All right, Mark chapter 9, beginning of verse 14. It says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So again, you imagine Jesus, Peter, James, and John, but now they're, they're joining the other disciples who've been waiting for them up on the mountain. And what they find, what Jesus finds, is those disciples whom he had left uh, down below are having an argument and, and a dispute or a debate, if you will, with some of these religious uh, scribes, religious leaders. And verse 15, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? So they're having some kind of a discussion going on. And here, I just want to make a couple of little notes here. That Jesus watches over his flock. And um, these are his disciples. I, I want to encourage you. We're, we're to go and, and we're to make disciples. That's what it's all about. Um, we're called to make disciples. And where do you begin? You begin within your own family. First of all, you want to make sure everybody in your family are being discipled. And the general principle is that the older disciple the younger and the parents are discipling the children and so forth. 
But every one of us should have someone who is younger than us, either if not in physical age, in spiritual age, that we are mentoring and that we are pouring into, that we are praying over, that we are discipling. All of us should have a, a young uh, Timothy or a young Mary, if you will, that, that we're mentoring and discipling. But we should also, all of us, have a Paul who is older and, and before us who is mentoring us. So if you don't have that, may I encourage you to pray for that and ask for that. Now, having mentioned that, Jesus has his disciples, and it's interesting, now he comes and he finds out they're in an argument and they're in trouble. So here comes the shepherd. So what do we learn from this? If you're mentoring someone and you see that they're in trouble, you don't stand back and wait, but you intervene. You come between them and the trouble. You get between them and whatever argument or debate or confrontation or harassment is coming to them. Here now is the shepherd and he sees his sheep in trouble. Some of the religious scholars that are probably going good because every time Jesus is here, he says things we can't figure out and we can't answer his questions and, and he stumps us. But now we've just got his disciples. So they're gonna really uh, kind of bore down and go after them and they're having this conversation and Jesus immediately goes to their defense. He comes, I can imagine, between his disciples and here are those confronting him and he says, what are you talking to them about? What are you doing? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Now, the Lord has given us some good shepherds here. You know, it's not just me here, but I've got a, I've got a team of great uh, pastors and elders and those who have walked with the Lord and known the Lord. And there's a lot of sheep here, especially on the weekend when you have from Saturday night and Sunday morning and all the services and all these people. And, you know, when, whenever God blesses like he has a church like this and you have so many people that are coming, guess what it also attracts? Sheep attract wolves. Wolves like to go up after the sheep and they're constantly looking for, uh, wow, because they can't get anybody to follow them, so they go somewhere where sheep are already following somebody else, but then they try to steal them away. And it's good that, you know, sometimes we'll have one of the pastors here that will come up and they know somebody's from a cult or they're trying to share something that's just a little weird. Uh, they, they just look a little too unnaturally, you know, happy like they drank the Kool-Aid. And, they, and they'll come up and they hey, who, so where are you from? What's going on? What are you talking about? And, and there are usually little buzzwords and little things where you go, okay. And then all of a sudden, so the shepherd just stands and he says, hey, why don't you go over, you know, get a donut and then I'll, let me talk to this guy. And that's what shepherds do. They watch over. That's what you need to do for your family, for your children, especially for those who are spiritually younger than you. And here we find an example of that Jesus himself does. The true heart of a shepherd is always ready to protect his sheep from wolves. Amen? Amen? Jesus sees his little sheep cornered because they are not yet that far along in their understanding. So he moves right in. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. We really enjoy hearing from our listeners. It's a blessing to hear how these broadcasts often reach people at just the right time. I'm at a place in my life where I need to be grounded. I need help and I need comfort. I've been looking to other people and things to fill all my needs. I never realized all I needed to do was look up and ask God to help. 
When I heard Pastor Ray, it felt like he was speaking directly to me, and every word he said was dealing with my life. After hearing the message, I asked God into my heart. I asked him to take control of my life and lead me. Thank you, Pastor Ray. How have these studies impacted your life or your family? Drop Pastor Ray an email at ray at raybentley.com. Again, ray at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Then in verse 17, the story changes dramatically. Something else comes on the scene. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever or wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, what happens with the crowd? Verse 25, they realize, whoo, this is something big is about to go down. When Jesus saw that the people came running to this scene together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Whew, man, that's, I gotta take a breather after that. That is quite a story, isn't it? It's a moving story of deliverance. And I want you to know that not only is the Holy Spirit real, the Spirit of the living God, the eternal Spirit, all the attributes that are given to the Father God are attributed to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees all things. He is omnipresent, omni-righteous, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing is every attribute of God. And all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. A beautiful trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that was inside of him. But you must also know 
that there are fallen angels, that there, which are then described as demons or demonic spirits. If your Father in heaven loves you, has a glorious and wonderful plan for your life, the devil hates you and has a horrible plan for your life. He wants to rob and to kill and to destroy. And there are two ways spiritually to become alive. One is, and the best way, is to hear Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, and he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, open the door, I will come in. So there is salvation, where you receive Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of you. But the other way is to become open through the occult in one way or another. You're opening to the spiritual realm of darkness. Now we're spiritually dead in our sins or separated from God, but there's a spiritual energy that can come from the demonic, the occult side, the dark side, which is also very real. We are not told any details of how or where. Uh, no doubt since this was a child and it was very young, somewhere within the family there had been an opening of the door. And very, I, I don't wanna go into all of this, but here I do wanna say this one thing to all of you who are believers. If there is anybody, uh, if you personally have, have opened yourself to occult uh, knowledge, reading, information or whatever, I want, and, and maybe you've heard the gospel, you've come to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, have you intentionally closed the door to all demonic influence? Y you can do that. You can renounce the devil, renounce your past. You're, of course, forgiven and washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. But you also need to close the doors. You don't want anything that you had in the past, either gifts or discernments or information or whatever that is from uh, darkness. You only want, God has his Holy Spirit and gifts that he will give you through his word that are righteous, that are pure, that are holy, that are clean, that are edifying, that are building, they build you up, amen? amen. But you also, let's say it was you, you've closed that door and now you're walking with Christ you need to realize that your life has influence on others. Um, you need to close that door for your family in prayer and just say, Father, I give you my mom, I give you my dad, I give you my brother, my sister, my nieces, my nephews, those who are around me, my closest friends, close the door to evil. And let nothing from my past come to harm or influence them in any way. Let that door be closed by the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name, close it. Now, when I hear this story of this father, doesn't it, doesn't it move you with compassion? You know, I, I've had the, the opportunity to travel to many different places and countries around the world. Demonic possession does happen in the United States of America. It's not as much as I've seen it in other countries. I've seen the supernatural, I've seen the demonic. It does happen here. Um, maybe it doesn't, it's not as much, but I think that as much is the oppression which is not necessarily being possessed, but the demonic and the satanic oppression is still here. It's a real spiritual world in which we live, and especially when you've asked Jesus Christ in your life, you become much more attuned to it and much more spiritually sensitive to it. So I can just imagine this, this poor father's uh, feeling, uh, how you know my son, somehow this spirit got in him, we don't know how or where or why, but he can't speak, and worse than that, he goes into these fits, his body writhing, uh, he foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and then the spirit causes him leaping into a fire, throwing himself into deep waters. 
And we're specifically told this was not some physical ailment, but it was a demonically inspired ailment. Out of desperation, he brings, where's Jesus? Jesus, you know, he finds out, he probably wanted to bring him to Jesus, but Jesus is left with three of his disciples gone into the mountain. So he says, are there any of the followers of this man named Yeshua from Nazareth? I hear that he has powers and wonders and that even his disciples have gone and laid hands upon people and they've been delivered. And so the disciples come up. But I believe that what happened at this particular time is as this demonic spirit began to manifest uh, through this poor, tormented young soul, these guys who were still you know, young in their understanding and spiritual growth and development were so mesmerized that their eyes became totally focused on the demonic influence through this child and, and it, it broke all powers of their simple faith in the Lord. Plus, Jesus is up on the mountain. And so out of desperation, now as this man is, they've tried, nothing has happened, now all of a sudden, out of the crowd comes Jesus. Breaking up this dispute that they've gotten into with some of the other disciples, Jesus appears, the man runs up, finally, you're here, Yeshua of Nazareth. Here's my son, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do anything. Can you do anything for him? Oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I wanna just say this, um, this man's faith grew out of desperation. There are times when God allows our lives to come to the place where you have nowhere else to go. And by God's gracious mercy, he, he's brought you to himself because he's, God is your last hope. Yes. That's, that's not a bad place to be. Actually, it is the place we ought to begin. How many times do we go, well, everything else failed, I guess I'll give God a try. Well, hello, why not start with God? But here he comes, and, and this man says, I believe, why does he believe? Because I've seen, heard, or known of people who've been delivered by your power. But help thou my unbelief, why? Because my son is trapped, and, and, and it's, it's mesmerized me, and, and I need to be set free. You know, may God give us uh, faith that, that yes, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. God wants to mature our faith and help us in the areas of our lives where there is still unbelief. Every time I disobey God, what I'm really saying is, I don't believe you. Not in that area, anyway. When you obey, it's because I believe him. I've been convinced. And God's a good teacher. He, <laughs> I love this about our Father in heaven. He loves you, he, wa he wants the best for you, and he teaches you lessons, and if you don't believe him and don't trust him, he lets you experience the failure of doing it your own way. And then he lets you take the test all over again. Isn't that wonderful? And in fact, he will let you take the test as many times as it takes to pass the test, and he'll always give you the answer before the test. <laughs> Until finally you go, I know the answer to this test. I'm not doing what I used to do. I've been there, done that, and I am sick to my stomach of doing my own thing, my own way. I've learned I don't want to get burned again. Hallelujah. One way or another, you learn to trust God. Pastor Ray Bentley with important insight on letting go of our own self-sufficiency and letting God take control of the issues of our lives. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio.
Today's study is titled, A Child's Secret. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. When you first arrive at our homepage, by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also, you can link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's latest books there, too. His new books, On the Mountain of the Lord, and his latest, The Threshing Floor, a prophetic fiction novel. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.